When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke Pepper joins us now. Good morning to you, Luke. Thanks for your time, mate. Good morning, guys. How are we? I am well. Will Macca be okay to ride her in the Kosciuszko? Yeah. Um, he's um, pretty happy with the way things are going, and he's pretty confident he'll be back on that day. How is she, mate? Yeah, look, really couldn't fold her. She's um, going along well. I think she's uh, matured a bit more. She's filled out a bit more. She's turned into a bit of a man now, so obviously she's been through that three-year-old campaign and she just started mature and um yeah just really happy the way things are going yeah um do you have a run before the kosciuszko no she'll trial um next friday uh, friday week um at ramwick so she'll head down the highway for a bit of a trip in the truck and sort of have that sort of trip away without the sort of race day pressure um and then that'll give us about three weeks into the Kosciuszko. She's unbeaten first up. Um, she won the Derby Munro first up last preparation. And, um, yeah, I think we'll just stick to the same plan. I don't know. It's a long way away. But looking at the weather predictions over the next few months, it looks like we're going to have dry tracks, which will suit her. Definitely suit her. Look, she's obviously won on a heavy 10, but she's obviously proven that... Uh, She's a lot better on top of the ground as well. So, um, yeah, look, yeah, dry track would suit her. Um, a high-pressure, high-speed type of race, as they all are. These Kosciuszkos are also suit her. So, yeah, just excited to have a horse in the race. She's a lovely story. She was purchased for $20,000, and she's been able to take you on a wonderful ride. I know that you get on her back from time to time. Is she... And, I think you just mentioned before she might have come back better, but that trip to Queensland even, do you think that a trip like that can really furnish a horse like her? Oh, 100%. I do think she's just so um, well-seasoned now. Yeah. You know, she, um, she with that trip away, and um, she's obviously been to some big race days, and she's just, yeah, she's definitely learnt from it all, and I think it's, you know, as you'll hear a lot of trainers say, once they have that, first trip away they always sort of come back better for it and she definitely has now i know you're a boy from marie you're there in country new south wales you're based at scone now a lot of the owners are from your hometown what do you what do you make of the, the kosciuszko format i think it's interesting fascinating especially with the draw which made it interesting with the lucky people that were drawn out as kosciuszko ticket holders how have you found the process being involved in it yeah, it's obviously just a fantastic thing for country trainers, country horses and country owners, you know, and um, obviously the people that uh, go and buy their $5 tickets um, trying to win a slot. So the whole event itself, you know, such a build-up the whole way through to obviously the main event on race day, and um, it's, it just showcases, you know, not only the horses, but some great country trainers and to be there on Everest Day, um Sort of representing the country is amazing, you know. I think it's, uh, you know, it's made, I guess, the country trainers have to get better and we've had to have better horses. And um, I think the whole process of the highway system, country championships, and, you know, obviously um, the Kosciuszko has just made country racing so much stronger. 
I think that's the best point that I've heard anyone make when it comes to the highways and the Kosciuszko and the country championships is that Racing New South Wales, headed by Peter Volandis, does try and make you better. Makes you try and dream a little bigger. Um, I think it proves to country trainers that you can compete for great prize money, that you can go out and try and buy better stock so you can compete on these bigger stages. It does give you hope in a way. It gives you a purpose and I guess a little bit of belief if you really want it, that you can do it in the bush. Yeah, look, there's great money no matter where you go these days in New South Wales. You know, it's um, incredible the amount of prize money is on offer and um, as I said, I think, you know, you know, it's a great credit to all the country trainers, the type of horse that we are producing out of the country stables these days. You know, you just got to look at this Kosciuszko. You know, these horses want to look out of place in most black type races. So um, it just shows the standard of horse you need for that sort of level. And, um, you know, like I said, it definitely made us have to be better trainers and um, have better stock and sort of snowball effect into every stable, you know, to try to uh, get this, get the horses to these type of races. Geez, I would have loved to have a microphone on you and the cameras on you as well with your group of owners in Opal Ridge when the draw was done there with the Kosciuszko winners drawn out because your number would have been the first, I think everybody would want to call, for most of them anyway, to try and get your mare in the race. Was the negotiation, was it easy to do? Luke, can you take us in the inner sanctum there and give us an insight on how you went about it and how some of the slot holders went about it? Yeah, so basically once the slots were drawn, obviously they probably, look, it was pretty quick for her. I was very lucky. Um, and a fellow from Goulburn, he, he's, a, he's probably one of the luckiest blokes I've ever met. He he drew two tickets in the in the race and um, also owns 10% of another horse, a Mogo Magic in a race. So uh, he put his own horse in with one ticket and um, he was the first to rim me and, um, obviously, you know, we just done a deal and, um, yeah, she was picked very quick. So there was a few other tickets. People tried to ring me to get her, but she was gone very swiftly. So, um, yeah, so uh, and look, it's, the whole event's amazing, you know. It's it's something that, you know, me being in the game for a fair while now, it, you wouldn't even imagine anything like this could happen to country racing. And it's, um, it's a whole build-up from, you know, from buying the tickets to... Um, you know, the draw and then get in the field and then um, obviously the race. So I find that interesting. So was he the first person that called you then? Yeah, he, he was straight on the, like I think it was about 30 minutes after the draw. So he must have um, obviously found out he won and um, he was, I don't know if he had my number on speed dial, but he was very swift in um, um, ringing me and he just said he he wanted her and, um you know, and yeah, we, we got the deal done and it was done very quickly. Did you ever, did he, did he mention that he owns Mogo Magic? Did, did that, did that ever come into consideration thinking, oh, I don't, you've got, a, you've already got another, well, you, it's a rare situation that you own a horse already in the race as well. And you've got two tickets. So when, if he, someone rang me like that, I would have thought you're, you're having me on, mate. That's surely, that surely couldn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, well, if he said that, honestly, I had no idea until it was publicised that he had a percent oh, share and he, and he had another ticket. So, oh, so he never mentioned oh, look, that in the negotiations? No, no, he just he, he said to me, I've got a ticket and I want your horse. And um, I said, sweet, and that was the way it went. And then, um, you know, it all started unfolding in the media that he won two tickets and had a 10% share and another horse. I thought, this is the luckiest bloke I've ever met. What was your response then? Did you think, oh... 
Um, this bloke, oh, this bloke's too good. He, he's had a fair dig. I think he he, um, he bought fifteen thousand yep. dollars worth of tickets. So good luck to the bloke. I reckon if he's had a fair dig at it and he's been able to get a massive result. Um, yeah, no, I think he needs a good pat on the back. So how does it play then? It's like um, it's like having two brothers playing against each other in a way or two mates playing against each other that play for two different football sides. Do you let him inside yeah, look, the, the, I, inner, I, I, the, the inner sanctum with tactics and what you're thinking? Because uh, Mogo Magic would be the big danger, I would imagine. Yeah, look, he, he's this part of my owner group now, and I know he owns 10% of the other horse. There wouldn't be much difference. You know, I don't think it's going to make any difference what I put out to him. I just keep him informed <laughs> with what my, my horse is doing, and I just concentrate on my own horse. So... Um, that's all I've got to do. I think he'd, he'd be the one on race day having a bit of mixed feelings which way to go. But yeah. I, I just, you know, I hope he gets a result either way and um, we're just going to concentrate on our horse. So you don't do the voice message. Uh, this is an update on Opal Ridge now. We're going to go forward. But whatever you do, this is only for this part of the ownership group. Don't tell Johnny who's, who's got 10% <laughs> of Mogo Magic. So yeah. keep this to yourself. Nah, look, we'll, we'll obviously, um, yeah, no, look, I, I, I said to him when he rang me, I said, look, we'll, we'll treat you as one of us. That's part yeah. of the deal. And he'll, um, he, he's now part of the ownership group into the race and um, we'll, we'll treat him like that and um, keep him well informed on where she's at and what's going on. It's a great story. Um, we wish you the best of luck, Luke. You've been on some journey with this mare. She deserves to start favourites. She's so exciting and can't wait for the Kosciuszko. It's definitely one of the highlights there on Everest Day. It adds so much. It's been a big winner for, for racing New South yeah, Wales. Thanks. Yep, and we wish you the best of luck, mate. Thanks, guys. There is Luke Pepper there. So Opal Ridge is three fifty. Far too easy four fifty. Mogo Magic six dollars. So Mogo the Golden Gallop is on the third line of betting. The Pride of the Riverina front page at six dollars, and then the Aubrey Galloper. Mammoth, who's trialling today, Mitchell Beer will join us shortly, is at $15. But that is an interesting story. So one lucky punter, in a way, owns 10% of Mogo Magic. He purchased, what, $15,000 worth of Kosciuszko tickets. He gets drawn out twice, so obviously he takes his own horse, gets on the blower straight to Luke Pepper, doesn't mention that he owns 10% of Mogo Magic, plus he's just got another Kosciuszko ticket and he's locked in Mogo Magic, does probably the best deal that Luke could probably get because he's got so many options and um, he, 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 he's he got a lot of leverage, this particular individual, and he gets the deal done. So now this lucky punter's got Opal Rich and Mogo Magic racing for him in the Kosciuszko and he owns 10% of Mogo Magic. I would rather be him than win Tats Lotto. I think that would be a lot, a lot of fun. At 16 minutes past eight, let's take a break. We'll come back. Who knows? We might catch up with Amber Jusasovic straight after this. Pinstriped is right there. Under pressure, Sava to excel. Boxes on and then came attrition. Tuvalu and Pinstriped up the middle of the track at the 150. Tuvalu and Pinstriped pounding runs on then attrition. Pinstriped up to Tuvalu. Pinstriped just in front. Attrition with a late dive. Pinstriped. Pinstriped has won it. Wins so from a couple of country gallopers. We call Cranbourne. It's a country track. It's under the Country Racing Victoria banner. So Enfajusovic is one of the great characters of the sport. And uh, he lived his dream there. And we mentioned this a little bit yesterday with the Monday breakdown team of Jack Dickens, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling. You can listen to that podcast just by subscribing to Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. 
and we went through the performance of Pinstripe, and it was a big effort. Now, whether he can win a Cox Plate, time will tell. And what does Enver do now heading towards the Cox Plate? He says that this horse is a better horse fresh. So does he go straight to a Cox Plate, or does he go to an Underwood, or does he go to a Turnbull? So he's not going to make that decision until another week. But I want to know from that race there in the fee and stakes, 0499 736 736, 0499 736 736. Best text messages today. We're giving away a round of golf and a card at that beautiful Mandalay golf course. Who would you prefer heading towards the spring? Attrition, who was second and unlucky in the fee and stakes behind Pinstripe. But Pinstripe had the, the tougher run off the track. So pinstriped or attrition. Now attrition, there was talk that might he might go to the Underwood and then back to the Turak. I think the Turak is his race. I think he's a better horse attrition over the 1600 metres. And he didn't get any luck there the other day in the fan stakes. And I don't, it definitely wasn't Benny Mellum's fault. I know that some have been critical of his ride, but I don't think Benny Mellum could have done too much more. And in the Turak handicap, you're getting $5 for a mendable. And Tino at $6. So both those horses set for that race. Amelia's Jewel, Simon Miller is talking to the media at the moment at Flemington. Hopefully he'll join us a little later on as well. So she worked on the course proper. And from all reports, she worked beautifully. She settled in nicely to Flemington at Nick Ryan Stable. Alligator Blood was also there. Alligator Blood goes around in the Maccabi Diva, takes on Mr. Brightside. I think, I f- I think there's a horse that we can back with some confidence each way. Um, and in that race, and that is Ozapenko. Geez, I like him heading to Flemington, big spacious track, getting to the 1,600 metres. So that Maccabi Diva is going to be a beauty, but Amelia's Jewel will be going around the Let's Elope. So um, can't wait to see what she can do on Saturday. Let's take the news. It's 8.24. Mitchell Beer's not far away. Nemeth at the 200 metres from Invincible Caviar. Then it's our time. Who's coming home hard? Nemeth at the 100 metres extends a length. It's our time and Zathus. But Nemeth, Nemeth kicks a strong winner. Nemeth first from it's our time. Zathus and your long Everybody storm. needs a dream then horse. And Nemeth is just that for Mitchell Beer and his connections and the town of Albury. And Nemeth will be representing the border town in the Kosciuszko on Everest Day. And Mitchell Beer, one of the most popular trainers in the game, joins us live from somewhere in, I think, regional New South Wales because Mammoth is trialling today. Hello to you, Mitch. Morning, Holly. Now I'm back on uh, back on your side of the bridge. We're at uh, beautiful Wodonga. Yes. Uh, I've got about 15 or 16 official trials this morning. So, uh, yeah, I'm about to about to get stuck into the first one. All right, mate. Mammoth will trial today. We just had Luke Pepper on the show talking about Opal Ridge. She's this Kosciuszko is, and we keep on mentioning it, but what an initiative this is because it's there's so much intrigue. And he was just going through the the process there of the slot holders ringing him up. Um, geez, I, I wish you had the camera on you when they were ringing you up trying to get a deal done. Can you explain... What happened there? Give us something like in the inner sanctum of your negotiations. Well, mine was pretty straightforward this year, uh, Holly. Um, when they uh, when they drew the tickets, there was a a, a, a tab uh, customer, North Aubrey. I thought, surely, <laughs> surely. Uh, Jeez, and we're... lo and behold, uh, yeah. the, the, there's a punters club that uh, that own ten um, percent of uh, Menmouth. Okay, and. Uh, just throughout the last couple of months, they've been sliding a bit of fundage across, and and they drew one. So so they've got got their own horse running um, 
uh, running in the race. So that's a, a big thrill. And, um, yeah, it was very, very exciting for them to to not only have a runner, but, you know, they're running for, you know, 60-ish you know, percent of, um, of, uh, of $2 million. So it's um, pretty exciting. They didn't negotiate hard on the other owners, did they? That would have been awkward. Uh, I told him they could have the owner's trophy. I thought yeah. that, was, that was a tweet. <laughs> it was interesting listening to Luke Pepper. He said, some bloke rang me, and then he said, he said the deal was just too good to be true. And I thought, oh, well, I better take this. He was the first person that rang him about Opal Ridge, and then he read in the paper that the bloke already had a slot, and he owns 10% of the third favourite in Mogo Magic. So it's it's been a fascinating build-up. Tommy Berry takes the ride. Jeez, um the relationship that he's had with you and this horse in this race. Um, it'd be great to see Tommy join, join forces with you and win a Kosciuszko. Yeah. He, he's a, not only is he an incredible rider, he, he, what a he's a terrific human, Tommy yeah. Berry. Like he, he's, um, you know, it's, it's well publicized what he's been through the last, um, you know, 10 months or so. And, you know, he hasn't whinged, hasn't complained. He's copped it on the chin. He's worked hard and he's back at the trials and, um, you know, he, he's, he's a terrific man, and, and you know, when you when you're going for big things, you, you need to align yourself with as, as good a people as you can. So we we're, we were thrilled to um, to have him uh, locked in to ride the horse. We went very close in, in winning the race a few years ago. Uh, just got just got beat on the line, and um, yeah, so there's a, a bit of a uh, bit of redemption there, and hopefully we can just go one better this year. Looking at the market, and you know these horses better than anyone. I've got my of course, my hat on today, the Patriot Bloodstock hat on, um, and Anthony Manson, and I know Mickey Gannon, who's a fan, and uh, Nick Foote, and the boys. Geez, you got a, a few in your camp when it comes to being um, looking at the the races for you, Richie. Do you are you believing that you can get the job done in the Kosciuszko? You're a double figure price here, but you take on horses like an Opal Ridge. But do you believe that if the luck goes your way, that you can win a Kosciuszko with Mammoth? Yeah, definitely. I, I, listen, I think if you if you run the race ten times, uh, Lukey Pepper's horse there, Opal Ridge, she'll probably win it six or seven. She's a proper mare, and and we have a lot of have a lot of respect for her. But you know, big fields, anything can happen. Sprinkle of rain uh, around that time of year uh, wouldn't go astray for for the old boy. But you know, he, he, his form's great. He, he's such a hard horse to to assess as well because he, you know, twelve months ago you, you'd say he'd be flat winning a Wednesday race, but yeah. Uh, he's just continued to step up. He, he was terrific winning a town play. He was great at this level. You know, things didn't really work out the way I would have hoped. Um, in, in, in a Bletchingly, he was sort of three deep on speed and was far from disgraced. Um, so uh, I, I think the horse is going super. Um, and, uh, it's you know, if you can be proving yourself at, at, at stakes grade, uh, well, you, you, you're well in contention for a race like that. Now, I think everybody in different industries become role models. And I'm not just saying this because you're on this show. And Luke Pepper's probably a similar story, how he made the, the move from Maria and went to, to Scone. But I think that your story is an ins- inspiring story for everybody that wants to be involved in this game and want to make a living out of this game. A boy from Victoria um, understood that he probably couldn't compete with some of the bigger trainers around the Melbourne area goes to Albury, now you're setting up a base at Kemler Grange um, and you could win a Kosciuszko and you're getting better class of horses. Have you exceeded your expectations with your journey and when you visualised what you wanted to be in like in five years' time, I know we're getting deep here, Mitchie, is, 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 is the plan 
as you thought it would be. Um, how do you think that, like, as the journey exceeded your expectations? Um, just just explain that to us over the last five years, Mitchie. I think, Holly, my, my biggest problem is, you know, I, I wanted to be a trainer. I wanted to be massive overnight. I wanted to win a group one in my first year. And, yeah. you know, all, all, these, all these things are, are great in theory. Then you get your ticket and it's not just about training horses. You know, you've got to run a business. You've got to employ people. You've got, you know, super to pay and taxes and business cash flow and uh, all these sort of things. And, and it's just this massive world that, I guess no one can really prepare you for being an assistant trainer, being a foreman, a racing manager, and all these sort of things. Nothing, nothing really prepares you for the for the complex world of training racehorses, which is really, really hard, and and running a, a small business as well. So, you know, those two things are, are, are really tough, um, and I put far too big the expectation and and set tar- far too big a goals when I first started, and I was constantly disappointed and frustrated and um to the point where yeah i nearly just said uh you know bugger this and and then you know, moved to aubrey and sort of said right well let's just start fresh and you know i was cactus cast when i when i moved up there and um didn't have many horses and certainly didn't have much in the old tin tank account but um it's been terrific you know i just just forgot about everything just 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 train horses train winners have fun enjoy it um, if, if, it's, if it's meant to be and the things are meant to work out, things will grow and things will get better. And, um, you know, just got good people involved, owners, uh, uh, staff, and it's just continued to grow. So Steph Grantel has probably been a, a, a big part of coming on in, in the last sort of 12 months. And, and she's just really sort of sat down to, well, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? And, you know, we've negated a, a plan to... to you know, try and take that next step, and and that's fallen to to Kemba Grange, which is is bloody exciting. And that next step was that something? When did you decide? And you probably sat down with Steph and said, "Well, I'm ready to take the next step." The last two winters here have been pretty brutal. You know, through through no one's fault, it's been really tough. And you know, one thing that is hard when you when you're training in the country is. You know, you don't have those facilities that the that the better class trainers uh, have. Um, you know, your you, you, you access to sort of jump outs and, and all weather training facilities and things. You know, they're, they're they're predominantly at the bigger and so much better training facilities. And you know, I just sort of found that we're going to we have to you know doing so much work behind the scenes, taking horses to gallop places, and you know, working them on Sundays and things like that. And and we're going to the races behind the eight ball uh, as opposed to, a, you know, uh, people with access to those really decent facilities. And, and we're filtering in really decent horses this year. We've, we've, in the last 18 months, we've, we've had an amazing uh, addition of young horses to the stable. I thought, well, these horses probably deserve a bit better of a crack and, and our owners deserve a bit better of a crack. So we tested the, the waters. We, we, we thought about coming back down south possibly and, 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 having an operation there or, or going further north. And um, we explored Kembla and, and everything just aligned. It, it was perfect um, facility-wise, access to Sydney-wise, beach access. Um, and it all just flowed. You know, 20 boxes became available, you know, riders right we were looking for and it was just meant to be. So it's an exciting new chapter. It's a scary mm-hmm. chapter as well. I, I'm going to be spending the majority of my time there and 
I love this place. You know, Albury's been so good to me and we'll continue to have 25 boxes here. But, um, you know, it's scary to, to leave a place you love for um, bettering your business and, and, and giving yourself better opportunity. But, you know, it's something that we're going to tackle um, hard and, and have a massive crack at it. No, I think it's a terrific story. So what would your advice be to a young Mitchell Beer now or a young person thinking, well, I'm working for some, I'm working for a trainer, um, but I want to try and, st- I want to have a crack at this game. So how do I go about it? What would your advice be? I think b- being realistic um, and, and not trying to do it overnight. I mean, you see a lot of, a lot of trainers, a, a lot of jockeys, for instance, you know, they get hold of one good horse really early in their career and, they might get that group one and, and it looks like everything's going to align and, and, and it goes as quick as it comes. I, I think having that foundation underneath you and taking small steps and slowly building um, is, uh, is the key and not getting too ahead of yourself. It's, it's easy to look on a Saturday when you're, when you're mucking out boxes on a Saturday afternoon, you haven't got a runner and you're listening to, you know, stakes races from Melbourne and Sydney. It's, it's, uh, it's not the best feeling ever, but, but your day will come and, and work hard. It's probably something that does frustrate me um, the most about, about the training industries. There just has to be a better program for young kids to, yeah. to be guided through that, entering the stables and becoming a foreman and becoming an assistant trainer. I mean, we put so much emphasis into making jockeys and educating jockeys, and we have a terrific program for them. And the proof's in the pudding. We, we produce some of the best jockeys in the world. And, we also produce some of the best trainers in the world, but we lose a lot that don't get there because there isn't that support network from, from the governing bodies to make trainers and to educate them. And I think training partnerships are a wonderful thing now, but that's something that, you know, trainers and, and assistant trainers have to sort of negate themselves. But, you know, I'd love to see more effort put into to nurturing, you know, young, young guys and girls to, to becoming racehorse trainers and, and help them along that journey so that they are prepared from a, a business point of view and a, um, and a training point of 100%. view with, with the hurdles that they're going to face. I think you make a really good point there because I think you're the perfect role model and um, trainer that you can follow, like racing New South Wales. I think it's terrific that they've rewarded you along with the the Camilla Grange Racing Club to give someone like yourself boxes after the apprenticeship that you've done yourself there in Albury. But I know racing New South Wales, and this might be a little bit far-fetched, but they are buying properties in the city to help with country stewards to, to go down there so they can have a place to stay um, while they head to New South Wales to learn from the Sydney stewards. But why not um, buy some boxes in some of those country areas and then for young trainers maybe to give them a couple of horses to kick off their, their training career oh, as uh, well? You know, I'll, I'll openly. So like the, the stables that I'm moving into are, have been recently purchased by, by Racing New South Wales and, and yep. I'm, I'm oh, that's perfect. leasing them, them and, they, and they've negated me through that process of, of how much it's going to cost and you know i had to present a, a business plan of 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 um uh you know how, how i'm going to afford them and and the steps i'm going to process and if i've got the horses and all those things are really are really good because it, it, it stops those younger trainers or any trainers from sort of over committing and then getting yeah. into a a financial hole and 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 then you know people make bad decisions when they're under you know bad financial pressure so you know all these things um are going to sort of happen but you know you get to the point when you're an assistant trainer and uh you've been around the the traps for a while where you have to take that massive leap i think as i said partnerships are a great thing but yeah you'd love to see an apprenticeship type 
program put in place by by some bodies to to help young people through because a lot of apprentices that we see that don't make it they end up still staying in this industry and i think there's too many young kids walking away that want to be a trainer but the gap so far from mucking out boxes to to having 25 in work the gap is so big and sometimes it can feel so far away that we do have a lot of kids just walk away because there's no one to really hold their hand and help them and walk them through that process no i totally agree and you get someone like yourself or annabelle nisham that uh, can go from working in an office to training one of the biggest teams in the country you're going to get individuals that have a special quality about them that do what others can't but people who want to do it might need some help and um, I love Scotty Brunton but Scotty Brunton's got into all sorts of trouble because he didn't pay his tax Um, but that could be prevented if he had some help with like the racing people can look after him I don't know so like everyone has to take responsibility for themselves but you could help people like a lot of young people get in in trouble about um, doing some of the simple things in life um, but some people need help um, along those lines, and especially, especially some people in the racing game because they're they're there for the animal. They know how to train horses, but they have no idea about how H and S. No idea about, geez, you got to put this money away for bass and tax. Um, it's a different well, ball I game for it, them. You know, that's right. Well, I think if we if we educate trainers better, young trainers, and 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 we we put them through that process. I mean, ultimately, if if, if things if they do the wrong thing, then we've got every right to be to be harsh or hard on them and 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 you know punish them accordingly. But um, you know it, it, it's a lot. I think you know that the responsibility that the the governing bodies sort of take um, when it comes to to debt of racehorse trainers, um, you know, probably needs to be greater for sure. And um, you know, there's there's a lot that that they look away from, and then. then they're happy to, to judge accordingly. But I think, you know, having a having a strong, strong education program for, for, for um, people that want to become a trainer and make it harder for, for hmm. uh, it to obtain a trainer's license. If you, if you, if you want to get one, you've got to go through this process. Uh, and the people that really do and the people that are educated will get one. And, um, and you know, I think you'll have less issues. Yeah, 100% well said, mate. Hey, this is your last Kosciuszko. It'll be extra special if you can get the job done. Now you're a, um, what do you call yourself now? Mid. Uh, mid. mid we'll be, we'll be midway. midway Mitch. Yeah. Um, love, love that insight. I could talk to you all day, but you keep on inspiring, mate. It's some story. And if you can win the Kosciuszko to end a little bit of a chapter in a way from what you've been able to achieve there on the border in Albury, it would be a terrific story. And, um, a great story, I think, for the industry. But we wish you the best of luck in your new journey. You'll do so well. I've got no doubt about that. But go and team up with Tommy Berry and win that Kosciuszko. And hopefully the big fella trials nicely today. You're a champion, Hawley. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Mitchy. There's Mitchy Beer. That's a terrific story. I love those type of those narratives and yarns. And um, he's done so well, Mitch. 8.44, let's take a break. Talking about a young trainer that's living the dream, Emma Stewart. She's doing just that. She's winning $2 million harness racing events, which are rare because there's only one of them in the world these days. And uh, she's trained nine winners on Friday night along with her partner, Clayton Tonkin at Melton. So she'll be joining us next. What's on the street? starting to get exciting as we speak. And this is getting up thanks to Flaley, who won the Group 2 Roman Consul. In faster time than exceeding Excel, Fastnet Rock, Susta, 
and Russian Revolution. Always great to catch up with Simon Orchard. Simon, story of the Million Dollar Chase. I don't care what anyone says. It's Bromwell Walsh. Training at Wentworth. My old town was Mildura, so it's just um, about 20 minutes over the border from Mildura, Wentworth. And um, they don't have – I didn't – when I was growing up in the St. Regia area, we, I, don't, I can't recall Greyhound Racing. Anyway, Bromwell Walsh has got Kruger last – that won the Broken Hill qualify for the Million Dollar Chase. And I don't think she knows how to get to Sydney, but she'll need to get to Wentworth Park. <laughs> yeah, you're spot on, G. I spoke to Bronwyn yesterday morning and they were still on a high. Her and her husband, Greg, were over the moon with their performance. Uh, Kruger Lass, of course, taking out the, Bro- the Broken Hill regional final Sunday night. These are some of the quotes, G. She said, me and my husband, Greg, were like groupies looking at the Delbridge and Britain Kennels as they arrived at the track. They said, at our age and stage, the dream of winning races like this was almost gone. So it's the best feeling. And then, I think this is the best quote out of the yarn we yeah. did yesterday on the dogs.com. I'm wetting my pants at the thought of going to Sydney. And I'm not talking about the race. I'm talking about the traffic. And she was having a good old laugh. They've never been to Wentworth yeah. Park. They looked up on the map and thought, how on earth are we going to get ourselves <laughs> in there? So they're going to go sight unseen. Kruger Lass isn't going to have a trial. not going to have a race. And they're not concerned. They think no. the dog can run well. And um, why not? On the back of beating Landon Bale and Ailey Bale uh, on Sunday night, gee whiz. So, Hell of a performance, mate. So to get to Sydney, they'll have to go um, basically through Hay and all that. So it's about an 11-hour, 12-hour trip from Wentworth, um, Sydney. So uh, we, we, trying to get, we, we try to get Bronwyn on today. We're definitely going to get her on tomorrow. It is That's a story that we, why we love racing, mate. Oh, it's spot on. I think this every every uh, regional final, G, we're trying to do a yarn, as I said, on the dogs.com. And, you know, you talk to the Dennis Barnes of the world who, for him, he's overjoyed to get Nango Rocket through. But yep. for Dennis, he's been in plenty of big races. Jason Thompson, of course, won the Megastar last mm-hmm. Thursday, and he's got a couple already in with Umberto and Postman Pat. And then you ring up uh, a lady like Bronwyn Welsh, who's 66 or 67 years old, and thought that maybe a race like this was beyond her, but this is what the million-dollar chase is all about, yep. mate. They come from all over the place uh, to try and get a crack at that million bucks, so the dream is still alive Are for we, Ron and Greg. We've got about 20 seconds. Is Postman Pat still the dog to beat at the halfway mark of the million-dollar chase? He's $7, sipping Remus at 16 mortified 16 yeah, he has to be, mate. Although yep. Big Daddy apparently up maybe for the gardens, the blacktop on Friday. A dog trialled the house down last night. So okay. keep an eye on him if he emerges. $34, bet 365. Hey, love your work, mate. Geez, you're an asset for Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. Keep those stories coming. Well done. Uh, you're too kind. Hurry, mate. There we go. There's Simon Orchard. It's quickly approaching 9 o'clock. That was the bet 365 country racing hour. It's news time.